brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. San Francisco Theater has had a long history of inviting everyone to shine on stage and shake their groove thing. Since the 1960s, with performance troupes like the Coquettes, Fabulous Drag Acts, and Male Burlesque, all incorporate anyone with a dream of being seen. But when you have a lot of performers with stars in their eyes and two left feet, the show can grind to a halt if the choreography isn't accessible. Today, San Francisco choreographer to the stars, Rory Davis, joins us to talk about his work wrangling the top drag queens, movie stars, and entertainers into fabulous shows. From his Richard Simmons-inspired dance classes to coordinating some of Peaches Christ productions and getting the fellas to bear it all in Baloney, the popular male burlesque review, Rory delivers the moves that make anyone shine bright like a diamond. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Billion. And this is Feast of Fun. Hello. Paging Rory Davis. Rory <laughs> Davis, please pick up the courtesy phone. You're wanted on Feast of Fun. Oh, wow. That's a first. <laughs> Aww. It must be nice to be like. Are, are you a middle child? <laughs> Uh, you know what? No, I'm not. But I identify with Jen quite a lot. So, <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I thought Rory was talking about Jem and the holograms because they're oh, truly well, that's outrageous. another obsession too. Yeah, I have I have a Misfits shirt though. The Misfits were better. Let's be real. Well, that's a thing. You know, they they were better, and they're going to get her. <laughs> it's true. Who wants but to they be never a hologram? Did. They're boring. They were they <laughs> right. they were terrible musicians, and they couldn't defeat. The, the very flimsy Hannah Montana premise of Gem and the Holograms. It's true. With that movie that came out a little while ago, when I heard that oh. there were no misfits, I was like, well, I'm not going. No one else did either. No, it was, it was a bomb at the box office. <laughs> Single-handedly, it was a mercy killing. It had a certain naive charm, but no muscle. <laughs> yes. Wow, we're covering all the hot topics today, guys. I love it. Rory, uh, so for people who don't know, I'm Fausto. I'm Mark. And uh, you're on Feast of Fun. And, you know, we've met, we first met you at Peaches Christ production of Showgirls that was 100% celebrity free. <laughs> well, local celebrities. Yes. It, well, yeah. Well, besides Peaches, but yes. she doesn't count. So, no. you know, <laughs> counts for right. very little. Right. <laughs> Peaches and celebrity in the same sentence. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. But that was, that was the one where we found out we were celebrity free like a few hours beforehand, though, right? Was that? <laughs> yes, that was the case. Yeah. It was Rena oh. Riffle was like, I don't want to be known as being a showgirls actor anymore. And, you know, my boyfriend just 
doesn't feel comfortable with this. And, you know, I'm not a slut. You don't mind, do you? Yeah. First, they get used to coming all over your face. And then (laughs) you do the choreography like Rory wants you to do, Rena. (laughs) Yes, that was very bizarre. Like, bless her heart. She's she's such a sweetheart. And I worked with her. I want to say the year. I mean, I've done, I think by that point, but by now, I think I've done 15 or something. Peaches Christ showgirls shows and the year before i got to work with her and like restaged the, the original choreography and all that and then the, the next year like i want to say it was like maybe 24 hours beforehand yes yeah, she just decided she didn't want to do it anymore but then she was still it was so weird she was there and in the lobby do you guys remember that i remember she was i like, was there and she was yeah. she came yeah. up to fausto what did yeah. she say to you fausto i don't remember what she it said it was like yeah. i think pages might be upset with me and fausto is like <laughs> of course you dropped out of the show at the last minute why wouldn't you think she'd be upset <laughs> yeah. with you uh, maybe Fausto overstepped his bounds, but I don't think so. No, but you know, part of it is, and this is what I love about Peaches and your scene and you specifically is that, you know, all these productions have a lot of people who don't understand the mechanics of theater, but they want to stand on stage and shine. And this goes right. way back to the origins of the countercultural movement, the coquettes, the hippies right. in San Francisco. Right. And you are sort of this anchor that, gets all these people with a lot of goodwill and a lot of good intentions cohesive together enough to pull off a show. Right. Right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. It is, it is interesting that, uh, you know, for, for, for all the things that we do and all the work that we, that we put into these shows there, there's quite a lot of, of people that don't understand that there's rehearsal and time that goes into this ahead of time. So we do get a lot of people that are like, Oh, I want to do that. When do we start? And it's like, well, uh, <laughs> the show was yesterday, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's like, you know, can, can you dance? Can you do anything? And it's just sort of like, well, no, you know, San Francisco is very, very inclusive, which I love. Yeah. But I think when it comes to shows and performances and like with my show baloney, it's, it's very flattering, but we get this a lot where, People will be like, oh, that looks like fun. When do I start? And it's like, uh, well, you know. When I've asked this to, to Peaches before, you know, it's like, how do you guys keep it all together? Because, you know, we before we did this podcast, we were putting on very similar shows. And it was either me and my friend Sheila or Mary who would do the choreography. And mm-hmm. to me, that was the most challenging aspect of it because it, it really was like, you know, you were like, um. Uh, what is it, Rita Moreno in th- in The Electric Company when she played a director yes. and she's screaming yes, yes. at the actors? Yes, you yes. idiot, why can't you do it? It's thrift, thrust, <laughs> hip, turn, step, step, walk, walk, walk. Can you do it, please? Right, right. They're like, um, well, I need a 15-minute break. Yeah, yeah. What was interesting about coming into the Peaches world, it's been over a, a decade now. I started in 2000. Oh, nine for the premiere show of All About Evil, which just celebrated its decade, you know, release wow. party. And now it's on. Is it Shutter available? Uh, it is on Shutter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're you're welcome, Peaches, for the plug. Um, but yeah, so I did the the premiere of that movie, and it was interesting. That was my first show with her, and I realized quickly that just these people have these backgrounds, like these drag performers. They they're you know relationship therapists or investment bankers or just full time artists, and like you have you have ten people trying to do this one thing and everybody needs it explained to them in a slightly different way. Like some people need counts, some people need words, some people need to know it's like when this happens or when this person walks in front of you. And I think kind of like jumping into that, into like those drag trenches right away and learning that sort of helped things later with baloney. Cause that's sort of the same thing too. Everyone comes from such different backgrounds and some people have zero training and some people are professionals and all that. It's been 
uh, the, the Peaches shows did show me how to like make it work with such a like a, a ranging group of people. And you're kind of like uh, Patrick Bristow's uh, character in Showgirls of Marty. <laughs> yes. Who takes the ingenue who's got heat and says, mm-hmm. do a PK term, know me. Yes, have you, have you actually crazy. worked with uh, Patrick Bristow yourself, right? Well, he was, he was at Peach's show, so yeah. I haven't been able to like dance side by side with him, but he was <laughs> at Peach's uh, you know, the, the showgirls shows, which is interesting too. Cause I was sort of a part of like the new wave. Cause there were peaches shows yeah. for years before I arrived also. And I kind of was a part of the new wave of more. I mean, those shows were had choreography and rehearsals prior to my arrival, but I was sort of the Rita Miranda that came in and started cracking the whip and being like, point your toes. And I told them to start vacuuming and in, in, uh, in their heels. Cause that's like the best training you can get oh, to like really? stay sturdy if you're dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you vacuum, if you vacuum in heels, I highly recommend it because that that makes uh, like your center of balance and standing much easier so that you can dance. Oh, I'll have to practice that. Yes, I usually don't. just vacuum in a jock strap, so it'll, it'll be a little <laughs> yeah. bit different. What yeah, advice do you have on. for people who weigh a lot? Like, like I have a friend who's very muscular, <laughs> so they have a lot of weight. <laughs> right, and, right, you know, right. I used to have no problem wearing heels and dancing and stuff. And all of a sudden, at some point in my life, I'm just like, I put on heels and it's like five minutes. I'm like, oh my God, take this shit off of me. Oh, absolutely. I also want to point out that your friend became you in the span of a sentence there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, a close shit. friend, a very close friend. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's a very, very close friend. Yeah, I mean, with the heel, it is some. Sometimes, just it is your center of gravity, or like if your body goes through a big change. There's queens I know who have who have bulked up like that, and it is different for them. And it's just practice, practice, practice. You know, and like I said, grab a vacuum, and you'll, and then dancing will feel easy. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, tango shoes are really great, open toed, because part of the pain is just squeezing your toes into that that point right and so yes with yes. tango shoes that are open if you paint your toenails real pretty little color and shave your legs <laughs> then you're the prettiest girl in the in the scene and no one knows that you're comfortable wow okay i'm learning i'm learning from you right now this is awesome but tango i tango shoes I yes tango yeah shoes. yeah i myself have only done drag three times once was for all about evil when uh, myself and my partner michael played the evil twins happy anniversary by the way well thank you yes today the unlucky 13 today yes can you believe it and actually our first date whether i want to say the first time that we met actually it was for the peaches christ heather's show i talked my way into choreographing a big number to the song teenage suicide don't do it from that (laughs) movie and i was I was playing Christian Slater. So we were at the old bridge movie theater, which is now I think batting cages or something, but we were in the theater and rehearsals and uh, had a trench coat on. And I had like an iPhone, one of those old iPhone boxes taped to my chest with red candles inside of it to look like dynamite. You know, this was like back in the day when you could do stuff like that. And, uh, (laughs) and uh, Michael, my now partner was cast as one of the jocks. I think he was, he was either Kurt or Ram. So he walked on stage in his underwear and tidy whiteies and I like shot him and then he died. And then I like danced around his body. And then afterwards I was like, you want to get dinner sometime? So we, so thank you peaches for that also too. I owe oh, everything, everything to peaches you know? together. Yes, absolutely. And, and any, I'm sure any chance she gets to point that out, she'll tell you as well. So, so your firstborn belongs to her. 
Pretty much, yeah. Isn't yeah. her name Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> <laughs> the devil yes. told you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and so, so, so you know, you do really an extraordinary job at working with people from a diversity of skill sets, but also, you mm-hmm. know, um, you're good at managing egos, right? Because you're dealing with some people who fancy themselves to be big stars and they just, you know, wrapped up their season of RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're like, I mean, you you worked with God, uh, just about everybody. And and I don't want you to be like, well, that, you know, Miss Laquita Waters, she was a bitch, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She was uh, early eliminated in season two. By the way, people don't know that. <laughs> I was like, like Queen of Waters. Don't you know her? Oh, oh my, my God, God, she is Whoa. so, I live for her. Ooh, she is thickening. You go, girl. Yes, mama. Work. Hug her mind. Oh my God. Hug well, her body. Allow, oh. allow me to. Laquita, I'm <laughs> such a big fan. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Well, allow, allow me to drop a bomb right now. I, I watched one, I watched almost the entirety of one season of Drag Race about 10 years ago and that's it you know so, i don't blame you <laughs> yeah yeah because i feel like i i live it every day you know yeah. like when, yeah. I, when i'm doing these shows but no i i uh i met uh i worked with and and uh met sharon who was the that was insane back in the day when that when that first happened she was kind of like the big first like superstar from that show i feel oh uh, and but. her reveal in that first uh, we did the silence of the lambs and her reveal in that first number it was silence there, of the know, trans yes exactly yeah. i was i didn't know if i was gonna step into a, a bear trap you know no. but uh yeah. <laughs> yes but uh we, we uh so we did that show and her at her entrance it was like oh god like i you could hear it was like Beatles, Ed Sullivan esque, like yeah. fan level, ear piercing, and it was in my mind. And I had hadn't seen the show at that point, so it was sort of like, oh wow, okay, now this has become a thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next year was Grey Gardens with Jinx. That was our big show, and I got to play David, the documentarian, and that was just awesome too. And same level of of fervor and craziness. And mm-hmm. at that point, I knew, oh, Jinx was talking about her friend Ben de la Creme and. You know, and there were suspicions and and rumors swirling that Ben was busy this past year. And then we toured with that show and I went to Seattle and met Ben. And I was like, oh, Ben's going to win this thing. Oh, my God, this is she's amazing. And then I watched that year and then, you know, Bianca was slowly making her mark and all. And I watched that year. And then after that season wrapped, I was sort of like, you know what? That was fun. I think I think I'm good. (laughs) And then so then (laughs) since then with Peaches. Uh, yeah, I'll find out from Peaches. Like, oh, we're doing such and such show, and this person's in it. And I just ask, can they dance or not? And it's like, well, oh, of course. I don't yeah, know they're good. You, they're not, you know. And then I go from there. I don't know if you know, but Jinx just won uh, All Stars. I did hear that. Yeah. Yes, I did. And we have, we do have a show coming up at the end of August. We're doing Drag Becomes Her, and she'll be playing Meryl Streep, and I play assorted other people that don't speak. So <laughs> you can't. So don't miss it. <laughs> okay, you play the bottle yeah. of potion. Not even I, I, what do I do? Well, I don't know spoilers, but I do get to the, one of the funnest parts of that show. We did get to do it a few years ago. Yeah. And one of the funnest parts of that show is the big masquerade or the big ball that they host for all the dead people are there. So everybody that's involved with the show does get to pick a dead celebrity to play. And that's actually quite fun. And I, I sunk my teeth into that one. So, so be on the lookout for my dead celebrity selfies in about a month. Oh, that, will that- it be Hecklina? <laughs> <laughs> don't say that too loud i, I live in her building oh you shit too. there's murders <laughs> in the building 
<laughs> oh my god! Yes, there's nothing like there's nothing like hearing that cackle in the early morning. You're like, uh, is that a crow? So is she still in San Francisco? <laughs> I thought she moved to Palm Springs. Yeah, I thought she. She did move to Palm Springs. She did, yes. But yeah. I saw, but all all the Golden Girls, the cast of that show, three out of four, um, live in this one building. And her, she Damn, moved that's out. That's a gay ass building. <laughs> I'll say. Funny enough, actually, I've never felt so safe in my life because she was in the front of the building along with Matthew Martin, who plays. Uh, uh, she plays Blanche and uh, they're both in the front of the building. And there was a good long stretch there when they, when Hecklina was still here, where if we were like, if you're dropped off by somebody the next yeah. day, they'd be like, who was that? Or mm -hmm. if you, something is like waiting in the, in the hallways for you, a package the next day, they'll ask, Oh, what was that? And you're like, uh, it was something for me. But I think the real, yeah. I know it is. It's <laughs> like Gladys Kravitz and, and the, but the real pinnacle came. I, I know we were doing some show at the Castro and Heclita proceeded to tell the entire cast. I, for, I forget what show it was, but there were a good 10 people in the room. And she said, Rory's recycling so gay. It's all Gatorade bottles and prep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, I have a simple solution for that. How about you don't go through my trash? And she was like, no, that's okay. I was all right. Okay, like great. A, are you telling us Heclita is like a raccoon? <laughs> like <laughs> well have you ever seen you know like uh, Paris Hilton's sex tape it does look like a raccoon eating a banana <laughs> and imagine like you know Hecklina's OnlyFans is pretty much the same thing yes yes totally yeah I, I didn't <laughs> I, I noticed that no one here that. is questioning whether or not she has an OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she does but I don't need to verify it no that, we'll just yeah, assume that she know. has one yeah under a different name. I want to keep my eyes pure. Now, now, Rory, you're an amazing uh, choreographer. You've certainly uh, proven yourself, and everybody wants to work with you, and you're really stupendous. You know what? You know what were you like, like in high school and college? Uh, I was reading that your big inspiration for choreography was uh, exercise videos, like Jane Fonda and Richard Simmons from the '80s. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, like. Throughout college and, and high school, I, I grew up doing those Jane Fonda tapes with my mother, like back in the day. That's what and I still, started. You, yeah, she, I mean, th th and this all started really, my sister was in, it's. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's like the, that song from uh, a chorus line where the, where the kid's like, I can do that. My sister was dancing first. And, and I was like, you suck. I'm better than you. Like, sign me up for this. And I actually, my parents tried for a little bit. They signed me up for sports and I played a couple minutes of a soccer game and the legend has it that I actually do remember this happening. A one of the, so like a soccer ball hit me in the face and I stormed off the field and went and sat in our car 
And my parents like came up to the car and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, a ball hit me in the face. I'm not doing this. So, like sign me up for tap lessons. And they were like, oh fuck, here we go. So they did. And then I just started dancing and it kept going for years and years. And then did it through college, started teaching kids and all that. But yeah, I mean, throughout the whole time, there was the Richard Simmons tapes and Jane Fonda there by my side. What was it like for you to come out as a young gay man with Richard Simmons and Jane Fonda as your muses? Yeah, pretty much. And in terms of coming out too, like I, I had it, I'm so, so lucky. And funny enough, I actually just spoke with my mother and her sister about this too, about recently because with my show baloney somebody recently wrote and, and saying like growing up i didn't have anything queer i didn't have anything at all really to look to except for will and grace and now like the fact that baloney's around and these things are happening and i realized how spoiled i was just because with my family like rocky horror was always there and uh you know my, my parents had boy george and culture club records and all that stuff so there was really never any uh feeling of like these people were, were were weird or queer or if they were weird it, it was awesome it was like kind of a celebrated thing always so Where did you grow up? i was so i grew up outside philly i grew up in okay. like outside so actually mayor of east town that show whenever they talked about somebody owed yeah. whenever somebody od'd on that show and they, they mentioned the name of my hometown that was it it's uh, how come you don't have did you lose the accent did you okay, ever have so, that accent I had the it accent. It sounds a little and, bit because I talked to Peaches about this accent. I'm like, it sounds very Baltimorean, that accent. Almost, yes, right. Yes, yes. It's very similar. It's, ve it's very similar. I'm from Delaware County. Uh, anybody that I know from home that listens to this is going to be like, Doco. So it's where Tina Fey, Sherry O'Terry, they all went to the high school, like the same high school. And so basically, where, where are we going? Oh, yeah. So with these accents, I got a job in my early 20s working for a luxury hotel chain. Um, like the, you know, I can't say what it is, but it was like the, the highest of the high and they the peninsula. would, they would, they, they, no, even if like, you know, they, Trump tower. If, no, oh my God. No, can you please. Trump no, tower they is would, international. Okay. <laughs> now oh, you got talking. me. Yes. Mar-a-Lago. Mar here I come. They, uh, but they would, my fair lady, you. So it would be, I would, when I grew up, I would say water. I would, I, I was just like mayor of Easttown. Although there's lots of arguments about the, uh, you know how authentic that those accents were but i did speak like that but when i got hired for this job they they break you of it you go through training and it's like say this not this you can't don't say this so it was very very my fair lady wow so you know the covid pandemic came and kind of put a big bucket of water on all the festivities and fun and you know people were just like are we ever gonna have theater again right and uh, you're just like, I must dance. Give <laughs> yeah. me the music. Let me yeah. give me a chance to come through. All I want is need is the music and the mirror and a chance <laughs> to dance for you. Oh, my God. I didn't realize mentioning a chorus line was just going to take over this whole thing, man. I, I love it, though. He's obsessed. <laughs> I listen no. to it every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. Oh my I'm God, actually amazing. working on a one man chorus line. Where I play oh, every so character. A, chorus dude. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, a chorus me? Like, what is that? Yeah, okay. It's like one <laughs> singular sensation takes a whole new yeah. meaning. <laughs> yes. They're like, no, I'm I mean, firing so the whole cast, and I'm doing the show all by myself. Yeah. You're like, I can do that, and that, and, and that, that, and that. And that, and him over there, too, and I can do him. And yeah. I can do that. Like, that dick over there. And <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, fly, flashback to March 2020, you know, yeah. we're actually rehe- we're, we were rehearsing for Death Becomes Her, the show that's happening next month. Mm-hmm. And I remember so vividly not not to keep bringing up the these uh, monsters, you know, these scary people. But heck, Lena, who was in the show, <laughs> it, it was like March 10th or something. We're rehearsing, doing a number and heck, Lena's not paying attention and she's on her phone and she <laughs> held her phone up. And she was I know we all remember this night. She was like, Tom Hanks has it. Tom Hanks has it. And I remember like that moment being like, oh, fuck, like what's going If Tom Hanks has this thing, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And I remember Heckling in that moment saying like Americans don't like to be told what to do. And this is going to drag on for an eternity until everybody has it, until everybody knows somebody that has it. And we were like, God, Heckling, like Debbie Downer. And mm-hmm. then five days later, that show's canceled. I had a baloney coming up that was canceled. Mm-hmm. I was teaching choreography in person that was canceled. And at that point, too, it was sort of like, oh, man, we have to we can't do anything till April. This sucks. Like, what are we going to do? But in the meantime, while that was happening, my choreography class, this this Richard Simmons style following the moment class, Mm -hmm. people were telling me for years, oh, it should go online. It should go online. And in a way, like this, the covid, the, the disaster of covid shoved me to actually being like, what is this Zoom thing? Okay, let me figure this out. How do you play music on this? What do I do? And then. I actually just finished teaching a class about 15 minutes before I started this interview with you guys. So good thing you can't smell me right now, but it's still going. So, because <laughs> you do you do with these Zoom things, but you're also like on Airbnb too. I think I read somewhere, right? Is yes, a, yeah. yes, Airbnb. And I, I'm an Airbnb. I, I've I've done parties with some celebrities and stuff. Mm. So it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty wild. And I, I want to say within 2020 and then into 2021, I, I threw probably like maybe 300 or something birthday parties. It was insane. I felt like a, a pop star where I had to write down people's names on post-its and be like, happy birthday, Cheryl. Like I, I didn't even know what was going on anymore. <laughs> Wait, so people hired you to be an aerobics instructor for somebody's birthday? Yeah. Yeah. But with birthday parties, what I would do is like make games and stuff. Okay. So it wouldn't all just be like, let's dance. It would be like, let's say if it's your birthday, I have a number two holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. Mm. But like, you know, and it would incorporate drag lessons with it, too. So it would sort of be like, OK, before we do this next number, everyone needs a superhero cape. You need a cape or something that ties around your neck that's hands free. I'm giving you 30 seconds. Go. And then people like run around the house and make outfits out of stuff they had on. So it was making fun and like uh, scavenger hunt style things out of mixed in with dancing things. Mm-hmm. That sounds wonderful. And and, and I guess uh, Blackie, John Stamos. From uh, yes. Full House oh my God. is a fan of yours and, and you've done yes, stuff with Yes, he him. is. Oh man, yeah, that was that was pretty wild. And I mean, I have to say too, I was I was holding my tongue because that was in the height of the Aunt Becky scandal and I couldn't oh, yeah. say anything. Come on, Aunt so Becky. I, I know, like that, <laughs> like that was when it was like, it was front page news, I want to say three or four days before that. And I was like, oh, like behave yourself, Roy. And I did, I did. I, I what did you want to say? I mean, I just wanted to be like, have you talked to Aunt Becky lately or whatever? And then other people, too, were saying I should play Jesse and the Rippers songs. Like people were just putting bad ideas in my head left and right. (laughs) But I I behave myself. Well, it's great that, you know, so that's like uh, now this major. I mean, you're juggling like all these different careers that are all very creative and. You know, I always say the the couple that creates together stays together and you and your husband, um, you know, Michael uh, Phyllis, yeah. uh, who for some reason doesn't drag name isn't Phyllis. It's Patty from <laughs> HR. Yes, yes, he is. Patty. He is, he is Patty from HR. Uh, he had a 
an incredibly short, incredibly ill-fated foray into the tech world that lasted about four months or something. And he ran screaming from it. And uh, this drag character was born. And it's for it's a way for him to skewer all of like the tech culture and all, all those things. But through this like clown character and it's quite brilliant. It's very squirmy. Um, when people go to the shows, a lot of times there's people that are like, I, I don't know if I can take this because it's a little too real. But he's able to like poke fun and skewer at these dumb situations that we've all been in before in these jobs that we've hated. So it's it's pretty awesome. Well, it's a weird place we live in historically right now because a lot of these tech companies they want to have this patina of progressive liberal things but without unions without workers rights with all this other shit and so it reminds me very much of like the corporation in the tv series the boys you know they're they're building monsters that are destroying the world with egos and they're like we want diversity at this you know at the Homeland Corporation, you know, <laughs> right, right. And it's like, and yeah. I imagine that if you're, you're a person with a lot of sensitivity and, and creativity and, and goodwill towards humanity, you know, finding yourself in that environment is very challenging to say the least. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I, mm-hmm. when I worked at, when I worked at not Mar-a-Lago, I mean, it was the same <laughs> thing too, where like all I wanted to do, I was doing the Peaches show simultaneously. Yeah. My class choreography wasn't born yet. Mm-hmm. Baloney was still a long way down. But it was, you know, I would be working however long, these eight-hour shifts. And two minutes in, I'd be like, okay, seven minutes and 58 minutes. Like seven hours and 58 minutes to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. It was just like. Yeah, there's nothing you know, if, worse if, than if, counting the clock. Oh, well, my it, God. It was so soul-crushing. And not to get uh, off the track, but it's like, you know, with Roe versus Wade being overturned, like all these, you know, progressive tech companies are all like, don't worry, women. We'll pay for your abortion. We'll fly you from people that time. Who, people who have babies. Who have babies, yeah. Right, right. That, that, uh, they, that, yeah. You're not allowed to say women anymore, according to Bette Midler. Oh, and Macy Gray. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the, oh, the, right the word women is under attack, according to Bette Midler. I don't uh, know if you Oh, gotcha. The, well, she fell prey to some right-wing propaganda. You can say women, but, you know, if you want to be inclusive, it's just people who have kids. People have kids. Yeah, so, yeah. anyway, so, so these corporations yeah. are, like, basically, you know how... Anybody who's worked for a corporation, like sooner or later, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. We have to deny that coverage because it's like healthcare, but for every aspect of your life. Right. And so they're just like going like, oh, we sorry. We can't get you an abortion because you haven't been working here that long or, you know, or. Oh, yeah. You're put we we shifted you to part time and this is only for full time employees. And, you know, it's right. Right. Yeah. That's that's the stuff that Patty sort of takes on is like when even if something is done, it's like a lot of times it's done once. And then they point to that as an example. It's like, Oh, well, you know, we did hire this sort of person or we did do this and see, we did it. There's a picture. So it's a lot of like skewering that sort of stuff too. And he, um, the, the Patty character is pretty brilliant. And we've talked about this before, where if it was him as Michael saying these things, it would never work but get because through, through, through like the clown of drag and through that medium, he's able to say these things. And it's actually like, he's able to kind of drop these bombs and really make people think about it, which is so brilliant. Well, it kind of reminds me very much of uh, Lily Tomlin's Ernestine, the phone operator from, uh, yes. from yes. laughing. Cause yeah. you know, Ernestine's the villain. She's always like hanging up on people and, you know, denying them services and all that stuff. And it was just like high camp. Cause at that time the phone company was just like this, evil monolith monolith right and so right. she kind right. of personified that evil monolith and 
brought it down a peg by being this weird phone operator. And that's kind of what right. Michael's doing with that character. Absolutely. And doing it, like making people, pointing out the absurdity of it all, making you laugh about it, but also kind of riling you up and being like, wait, this is fucked up, you know? Meanwhile, Karen from finance <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spins her wheels in Australia. And so anyways, uh, you guys decided to put together this male burlesque show called Baloney. And, um, and you have all kinds of people, including cisgendered women in the show. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. So the show was the show was born when Oasis, the nightclub, Hecklina, uh, Hecklina and Darcy Drollinger opened Oasis uh, New Year's Eve 2015 uh -huh. here in San Francisco. And it's become it quickly became sort of like the epicenter of like drag culture in the city. And when it was first opening, there was this like big group and every city has this a big group of of uh, guys who do backup for queens and are in that world or they do tech or they pull the curtains. And we sort of thought, why not bring these guys to the forefront for one night? And we'll do a number where, you know, instead of instead of uh, handing the queen the, the flogger during her S&M Rihanna number, why don't we kind of move to the front and tell a story and, you know, incor in incorporating choreography and all, but also storytelling, like no microphones on, but the like plots will play out and gay stories and tropes and things will be explored. And we were like, oh, this will be fun. Let's just do one night. And Hecklina was like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll give you a night. Um, and then I want to say 200 something people showed up. It was insane. Like I've wow. never seen, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. And we actually, the first number myself and another guy had to enter from the back. And we were like almost late getting to the stage because there were people in the aisles. I hope the fire marshal's not listening, but it was insane in there. Like we couldn't even get to the stage. So then from there we were booked for another run about a month later and then another one and then another one. And it just picked up and picked up steam. But going back to your point about the cisgendered mm -hmm. women, yes, we've uh, always since day one, even the very first show ever, it was a small group of guys, a shorter show, but we did have a number where it was sort of this guy coming into his own and like realizing his queerness and, and owning his gayness. And we had this woman named Annie Larson I hope she hears this. She's amazing. I think she's probably she's early 70s. Mm -hmm. And we had her, this woman, step out on stage at this like crucial point in the number to kind of represent this kid's mother and like this like shaming thing. And she was backstage with us in our jock straps and like <laughs> like slapping our asses and stuff. This woman's incredible. We we had her play this like uh, you know, this this like kind of shrew older woman that like shames this kid during this number. So it was like we realized with any sort of gay storytelling, whether positive or negative or anything in between, if we're going to tell these stories, we need women around. So from there, yeah, we just the world expanded and we brought our wonderful Beth in and she's been playing everything from prison guards to wives and like anything that we throw at her. She actually has a, a, a very envy inspiring role in the next show. We are doing X-Men and she's going to be Jean Grey. So, Oh, cool. Slay queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slay grandma. I'm, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm not in the X-Men number and I'm a, a little bit bitter about it, but oh, well, well, you know, for some people who have sort of the perspective of like inviting a chick to your orgy, or your gay yeah. orgy, uh, yeah. you know, the scene in Baloney is more, uh, you know, you guys, uh, sort of parody best little whorehouse in Texas. Right. So it's right in, in the sense that you are, are there alcoholic drinks served at the Baloney oh, yeah. shows? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause the, the songs <laughs> like, well, you know, ain't nothing 
what is it the, the song goes ain't nothing <laughs> dirty nothing going. dirty going on dirty yeah going. yeah and, yeah and part of it is like you guys are creating this like celebration of you know men's sexuality there right in a scene right. that tends to swing very heavy these days towards drag trans and and feminine energy mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. maybe you know san francisco's like look you know we love dick let's celebrate it <laughs> right they do love dick. They right. Just have, didn't you guys just have dory alley we we did have dory alley i i stayed at home <laughs> i you know you worried I, about the monkey with, pox? With the way the yeah, I mean, I got, I did get my first shot, but I, it hasn't been two weeks. And I, I, with what I do, I work with, I work with a lot of moms and mm. I teach, I actually do teach choreography in a, uh, assisted living home where the average age is about like 80 to something, you know, we're not hugging and stuff, but I was just like, uh, I'll, I'll go next year. So I do, I, it just sucks so bad because it just feels like anything fun now comes with this like giant decision and this mm. responsibility and you know it is and it's like oh my god i just miss fun i we, there's even guys i know who were working the doors for these parties happening and they're like telling me i'm not going to go inside i won't go inside and it was like okay i get it but it is it's just a shame it's just a shame that like i'm ready for things to just be fun again it's 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 terrible well you know now that i think about it it's like tom hanks sort of erased <laughs> yeah. aids awareness in the movie philadelphia <laughs> he did it with right. covid so now he needs to catch yeah. monkeypox to sort of become yes, the yes, yes. If Tom Hanks catches it, we know this shit is real. What what is interesting? <laughs> I, I I did see that uh, the episode you had before this was about monkeypox, but I I truly did think like you know that that meme going around with RuPaul being like, oh, death, who cares? But mm-hmm. scars, oh my god. And I did think I was like, well, no, no gays are going to leave home with this thing. And then this past weekend, it was like walking through the Castro on whatever day that was, Thursday or Friday. I was like, wow, there's there's a lot of hot guys here. Who are these guys? And it was like, oh, right, it's Dory. And then it was like, oh, right, it's Dory. <laughs> so we'll just have to see. I, you know, I, and again, it's you don't want to shame anybody. Right. You don't want to. Who who knows who had their shots? Yeah. All this stuff. And I hope, I hope you know by next year it will be just like come one, come all. Let's go. Let's fuck in the streets again. But just this year, it was like uh, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit this one out and be bitter and watch you know Felicity <laughs> reruns and eat cheese. It's. I hear you. Well, you know, here in Chicago, they've really, uh, you know, the the health department worked a lot of the bars and the bathhouse and other places, and they really made a commitment to get those first two shots out to people who work in the sex industry and, uh, you know, bartenders and people working like among uh, among gay men so that like at least there's like that kind of like line of defense. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And to be fair, I mean, I, I, I was walking around yesterday and i could see people were headed that Mm -hmm. way and there were people working outfits you know there were people Mm -hmm. that were in head to toe like people that were doing it right and all and i guess you know i i we don't cover they were covered head to toe yeah i mean there are people that were like rocking crazy rubber outfits and stuff and i realized too it was like oh shit like we've done in baloney we've done batman and robin i have a batman outfit should i have worn that you know but it was too little too late but i mean there you know there were people doing it the right way for sure so it was we have a big uh, week yeah we have a big weekend coming up here in chicago with market days and there's also the comic book convention c2e2 which a lot of queer people go to and i have a feeling we're going to see a lot of people that are going to be in long sleeve shirts and long pants because you know you want to get it because i don't know if you've seen if you've seen the pictures of monkey pox on people's uh junk on their on their on their faces on their faces oh, is scary, yeah, yeah. but seeing some of the like the penises, that's even scarier because that shit can get oh. infected. And like, you know, you can be a white person and your dick turns black. 
Well, uh, not to scare people, yeah. but and and just to clarify some <laughs> misinformation that's being spread by Lady Bunny. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you're just as likely, or even more likely, to die from catching monkeypox as you are from COVID. Really? Yeah, according to the CDC. Oh, shit. So the, the average death rate for uh, monkeypox is uh, between 5 and 10%, whereas the average death rate for uh, COVID is 4.8. So if anything, monkeypox is actually more deadly than COVID, but COVID is easier to catch mm -hmm. than it is than monkeypox because you have to have skin-to-skin -skin or sustain Contact, physical yeah. contact with somebody so right, you know which is yeah yeah it's it's that's, a that's definitely, what i like it's disheartening <laughs> because you know right now the you know the federal government could have done more to prevent this other pandemic and this is not republicans this is democrats in charge and i don't want to be like one of those both siders but you know it is it's like look you have all the data here and you chose to fuck up getting the, the, the vaccines and getting them out there. And now, you know, this is another thing that's really disheartening is like some nightclubs are using the monkeypox vaccine as a way to promote their clubs by having people stand in line when they right. know they only have 200 shots, but they have 400 people standing in line outside their club. So people right. driving down the street, they go, Ooh, that club's really popular, you know, not realizing that it's desperate people trying to prevent another pandemic. Right, just to get a shot. Yeah, I yeah. know. In the meantime, I'll 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 make my re-emergence uh, soon, and I, I'm gonna wear one of those like Missy Elliott inflatable trash bag outfits, and then everything <laughs> will be fine. You know, the thing about the comic book convention, which is kind of nice, is that you can wear those Spider-Man unitards. You know, a full body coverage, and that could go a long way to preventing catching anything. You know? Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, when the thought popped into my head, oh, I've got this Batman outfit. And I was like, but Rory, you're a slut. Just don't go. So it was like, all right, next year it's on. Well, you don't have to like if you want physical contact <laughs> and you want to reduce, the, you know, like the CDC was recommending people uh, do glory holes. For COVID. Yeah. For COVID. Right, uh, right. We were recommending it here first before the CDC, CDC CDC got it. Because we're like, well, what's the science here? You don't want to breathe on someone. Yeah. Right? No right. breathing. So keep a barrier. But I'm like, Saving you know, yes. this is like, I feel like John Travolta and the boy in the plastic bubble, you know? Oh, <laughs> what for sure. would they say if we up and ran away? <laughs> that's the theme song. Yeah. That, that's a retro. <laughs> I've ever seen oh You can gosh. watch it on YouTube, I think. The oh, boy in the plastic good. bubble? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's a oh, wonderful a film. A masterpiece, yes. Made for TV um, movie. We... We do have a, another baloney plug. We do have a tribute to, um, the, you know, clinic workers and such coming up in the next show. And it will be uh, a number set in a clinic to it's a hard knock life. And it's it's like pointing out the hero, the heroic deeds of everybody that's helping out with all this shit for the last couple of years. So mm. get ready. We love we love a good Broadway medley at baloney. It's a hard cock life for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know how many people have had the exact same <laughs> parody version of that song. Yes, it's actually, it, we're not doing hard cock life, but it, we're you know, working yeah. on the words, get ready, you know. You guys are great at, at rewriting song lyrics, you know. So oh, you make uh, you. Jackie Beat blush. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my favorite one ever, you know, because Oasis, yeah. the club, used to have a pool inside. Yeah. And that's the that's the legend that back in the day when it, it was a bathhouse. So we do have a pretty well-known number where Michael, our host, tells the story and sets the scene about back in the day. There was this really shy guy that just couldn't work up the nerve to talk to this other guy. 
And then one day he finally took a big hit of poppers and he started to walk over to talk to him. But then he slipped and he fell and hit the side of his face in the pool and scraped it, uh, fell all the way down. And no one ever saw him again. But sometimes late at night, if you listen really closely and then all of a sudden you hear the opening notes of Phantom of the Opera, dun, 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 <laughs> it's the, the, the Phantom of the Oasis appears. So it's in, he's in the full, you know, Michael Crawford look, but has a zebra pink speedo on and it's oh, the, we shit. do the whole number so yes it's and it ends with there's some crisco involved it's good times just so the guy can hit the sarah brightman notes you know so the oasis used to be a bathhouse was that this was that steamworks or whatever was before steamworks do you know or is it it was it was still oasis as far oh. as i know it was oh, it was wow. called That's oasis why she and kept was, the name she kept the name yeah but same they, they, name. They, they closed all the bathhouses in in san francisco during the aids crisis right that's why the right. steamworks is in berkeley now but now right. they're thinking right. about like bringing bathhouses back right 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 mm -hmm. exactly yes that's that's what i've been hearing and but as far as i know with oasis yeah they did remove the pool but that's that's where that legend comes from so We'll just call it like a COVID monkeypox central. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, and w once I get that Missy Elliott outfit, I'm there. Well, you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> the, the, you know, I, I watched a lot of your performances in Baloney, the documentary, which is available on YouTube, Apple um, podcasts. I'm sorry, Apple movies, Apple TV, the, uh, Apple TV. Yeah, Apple there we TV. Go. That's they, yeah. your, your website says iTunes, but that doesn't exist anymore. Um, Voodoo, <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Prime video, Vimeo, Google play. And, um, and it's really a great sort of documentary that captures the, the charm and the sexual energy of a gay married couple putting together these really fantastic shows. Mm -hmm. But one thing we don't see is like you guys like, you know, fighting. <laughs> and I'm like, boy, that was a, you know, P she is from PR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I know that you guys are like disagreeing on something. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. We we do like get down to it about every single detail. And it's yeah. because it's all on us. Like and we decide everything like that. We order the costumes. We choreograph the stuff. We decide what the music is. We decide the sequencing of all that and like who should play what roles and all of that. And, and things, you know, within the past year or so putting the shows up too, we have to have contingent plans for everything because it's like, well, if this person, if God forbid, you know, it used to be the show must go on. Like you have the flu. Oh, well get up there. And now it, that's just not the case anymore. So that's added more factors and more stress onto things as well. We've had our moments about stuff, but especially in front of the boys and then especially with cameras on too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Patty from HR, I guess she did come out because if anything ever came up, would be like, Oh, okay. And then like later at home, we'll be like, what do you, what are you talking about? You know? But so we do, uh, we have discussions about everything, but mm -hmm. we we're fairly undramatic. Unfortunately, I, I'm sorry to say. Well, you know, one uh, piece of drama is that, you know, Peaches Crisis for years been trying to get a documentary about her shows. And you're like, Peaches, would you like a DVD of baloney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We we were followed by a crew when we yeah. did Grey Gardens the first time. So there's yeah. footage out there of like little Twinkie Rory working oh, with wow. Jinx and stuff. Oh, this was 20, 2013. And we it even got to the point where we did talking head interviews and all of this and you know it was we were followed for and then the day of the show they were there and then it just never came to be and i don't quite 
know what I, happened I, with I it asked, or who. I asked Peaches I'm, about it, and I, you know, I think she said something along the lines is like, we all got along too well together that they wanted some kind of drama and fighting, but we we're right, all professionals, right. and they just can't right. handle it. Uh, they should have been right. filming it when Sharon Needles was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. been, a, you know, <laughs> what do you yeah. mean you can't do drugs during the show? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think I think that the, the one drama during that whole Jinx thing was that somebody was going to miss the dress rehearsal, and it was like, wait, what? Oh fuck! You know, we we're like, oh no! Like, what is this? And then that day, it was like, oh, never mind. I switched things. I'm here, and you could tell that the crew was like, oh god! Like that was all they had. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess us getting along and just having a good process wasn't wasn't interesting enough and then we were ditched. Well, you know, part of the interesting thing about baloney, right, is that it is a celebration of male sexuality. And I can imagine that there are some people who are like, why are we having to drag every gender expression into my, you know, my fantasy? (laughs) And I understand the value of that as somebody who creates content. Can you explain it to the listeners who don't get it? Why it's important to have trans women, cisgendered women, uh, non-binary people in a show that is designed to celebrate male sexuality, the male body. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think you just have to think outside of your, of your own perception and think about, I mean, our fan base is all over the place. We get people who are trans. We get people who are non-binary. We, we have drunk moms, you know, it's like everybody comes in there, gay men looking for, big giant muscle boys. And I think we, we, there's definitely a bait and switch with what we do, where a lot of the advertising leans heavily on like Andrew Slade, who I know who has been on this show. And I think Andrew Dumbos just did an episode with you guys mm-hmm. as well. If they're muscular and, and their name is Andrew and they're in your show. They're on our show too. Oh, there we go. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I hope they behave themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be real. Like if we're hanging up posters in the Castro, those boys sell tickets. Like, absolutely. Um, but then with with the people that are all over the place, like all over the map and the people who's I mean, let's be real. Like I have a full on dad bod at this point, like, you know, but there have been times where I've lost a little bit of weight and I've done a show. And then there's people who are like, what the fuck? Like, why are you skinny now? And it's like, well, buy me a burger. You know, there's something for people are people are into everything. And what we present to is all over the place in terms of the content too. Like we do straightforward sexy numbers set in the sauna, but then there's like kind of the squirmy numbers that are set in a college dorm where it's the gay boy and then his roommate who, you know, could be straight, could be gay. What's going on? It's like the head games of that stuff too. And we want everybody to watch these scenes and be like, oh, that was me. Either if they were the gay boy that was in love with the straight roommate or they're, or they were the quote unquote straight guy who, who led their roommate on and they were kind of an asshole. We've had people after the shows come up to us and they've on both ends of that number be like, that was me. I was an asshole to my roommate. Oh my God, I feel so bad about it. Like that number was hard to watch that kind of thing. So we want people throughout the night in some way, shape or form, whether it's just with the casting or with a number we want people to see themselves up there and like and reflected back at them, whether it was from their past or now or anything like that. Well, you know, I grew up in a time period where, you know, if you came out as gay to somebody who was straight, they usually like violence ensued. And, right. you know, now we live in a time period where like straight guys are like, well, I, I, I'm a little bi curious, you know, they're right. gay baiting. Right. 
people on Instagram and Tinder and all this shit just to get on YouTube, you know, to get attention. Right. But they're not necessarily like sexually attracted to other men's bodies. Right. Gay baiting. And I'm thinking, what a wonderful time to be alive. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid growing up dancing and it was like, you know, tap lessons, jazz lessons, the works. And I used to be like, oh, God, like I would like pray for people to not find out that I did that, you know, and it's and now it's literally what I do. And I'm like, please come to my show. Like, you know, like I couldn't put it out there anymore. But it is it, it's mind blowing where. You know, we when COVID first hit, yeah. we started doing these these car washes, suds and studs. We were like, how do we get people to get this like action and be safe? And it was like, oh, let's do a slutty drive through car wash where guys are like banging their dicks against the windows and stuff. And there's this guy who showed interest, this kid who's out and he's gay and he was 18 doing this. And he was so put together and so intelligent. And it was like, oh, my God, when I was 18, what was I doing? And even if I knew that this existed, I maybe, maybe would have watched from across the street with binoculars and been terrified, you know, like I wouldn't have been anywhere near it. So things are changing, you know, it's, it's a beautiful time to be alive in that respect. Well, and two, you know, with, with uh, social media, the internet, um, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Reddit forums, there's a lot of information on building muscle and just, you know, developing the body that you want, regardless of what body it is that you want to have, you know? And, right, and so right. people to some degree, you know, have, I think they're more content with their bodies to some degree. I know you wouldn't know it cause everybody's complaining about everything on the right. internet, but like, you know, like I go to a gym and I have all these adorable, beautiful, muscular, young, you know, at least passing or presenting as straight Straight identify. Straight identify guys, right. you know. And one day I was lifting and and I heard just these two beautiful, I mean, Sean Cody, right? So they're standing right. there and they're like, oh, oh, he's so beautiful. And I'm just like, what? I didn't know you were gay. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm just looking at, at you know, uh, Chris Bumstead. And these two young men were cooing over this bodybuilder as if they right. were in love with, like he was Elvis. Right, right. And I'm just like, this is a really great, heartwarming time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. You know? And to me, also, I, I do feel like, well, if I was like to fall in love with one of these guys and pursue a romantic relationship, it would not be satisfying because I'm not what they're seeking. Right. But part yeah. of it is like these young straight guys are also wanting to be bi-curious because it makes their girlfriend feel safer or more aroused by it. Exactly, exactly. And yes, now I'm yes. at my age of 50. I'm a, you know, a muscle dad here. And mm -hmm. I have straight women hitting on me. And I just, I don't know what to do with it. I completely, <laughs> yeah. it's like someone speaking to me in a foreign language. I'm like, no entiendo lo que usted está diciendo, señor. <laughs> yeah. Señora. Yes. Yes. At, at my, at my very you know, fancy luxury hotel chain that I worked for. I was a bartender and like maybe, you know, like twice a year, there'd be like these super rich women where yeah. they would hit on me and I'd be like, wait, what's happening? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, like, what do I do? <laughs> Same giving me the key to your room. What do you want me to do? Your hair? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wash your feet, do your nails. Yeah, like, yeah. I think the, the one time it was, I think it was Oscars Sunday. And this woman was like, oh, like, do you want to watch the, like, do you want to watch the Oscars? But I have a room. And I was like, no, I, I really just want to watch the Oscars. Like I can't, but I can't go to your room. 
Well, yeah, because you're an employee, right? Can't <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was like, oh no, honey, I'll just I'll I'll watch the the highlights on the internet tomorrow. But yeah, it was like same thing. I was like, what's happening? No, I mean, but that's that's great though. What you were talking about with the the young bodybuilder guys too. I mean, it is. It's the 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 like lines seem to be blurring a little bit, and it's it's a good thing to see. Well, and I mean, that's why we had to do this like second podcast. Cause like the, the feast of fun audience was like, Oh brother, you know, when it comes to like physical fitness and bodybuilding and stuff. <laughs> right. And right. so, but there was also like a significant number of crowd who was like, we want to hear these interviews and we want to hear these stories. So we right. dovetailed it into a separate show where Andrew, the Andrews of San Francisco could sort of tell <laughs> their stories and shine, you know, and certainly Shaka Korn is somebody who, is, you know, a, a formidable talent in any gender presentation. And yes. so she was winner of Miss Tranny Shack and, and certainly yes. is one of your major stars in Baloney now. Oh, for sure. And I mean, such a sweetheart, but also irreplaceable too, because we have this gorgeous Broadway level LED, like LED screen behind us now. And he makes these videos that are jaw dropping mm. that we're able to play with now too. Like he made a Mario Kart one. We did it. We did a number where it was like two, two guys playing Mario Kart. And then of course, like it just escalates and escalates. And then eventually oh, yeah. like princess peach and toad jump out behind them. And it turns into a love ballet. I think it was all set to uh Mandy Moore. I want to be with you, but it was actually Andrew singing it live too. So he's like uh, a quadruple threat. <laughs> so it's like a, a nut to butt cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, Rory, like, uh, you know, I mean, you're, your future's so bright, you got to wear shades. Uh, you know, you're doing all these amazing things. What's next on the horizon for you? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Baloney's still chugging ahead. There's one for Folsom coming up at the end of September. We also always close out the year. We have a New Year's Eve show at the end of, of December. And there's actually something uh, probably once in a lifetime coming up, too. We got the keys to a local uh, space that used to be a Catholic church. It's called St. Joe's Art Society. Your jaw will drop when you see this building. It's it's a renovated old Catholic church. Um, and we are throwing a party in October called Thighs Wide Shut. And it's an immersive, <laughs> it's it's an immersive theater party based and inspired by the movie. So it's Kubrickian and everyone has to wear completely anonymous masks. And it's sort of, we're calling it like it's not sleep Thighs. no more, the Broadway show. It's sleep a little less. So it's sort of like uh, when you go in, there will be people amongst you who are performers and stuff who are moving things along. And then basically, as you go in a very baloney, heightened gay sexual way, like the shit is going to kind of hit the fan. We actually have a shoot in this Catholic church in this old Catholic church uh, two nights from now. So there's going to be like bare asses, jock straps, priests getting flogged and stuff in this church. So Ooh. stay tuned for that. I'm looking at pictures of it right now online. It looks fabulous. Oh, yes. We'll be making use of that bridge and all that. I mean, it's going to be and there's actually like old functioning confessionals. So people that come to this thing will be able to like say their confessions and then like the confessions sort of. Yeah, I mean, if you can punch a hole in it, I won't tell anybody it was you. So it's basically a Catholic church only with consent. Yeah, exactly. A Catholic Catholic church with, with limp wrists and a really big budget. Oh, wow. I can't wait to yeah. hear about that. I wish I, yeah. you know, part of it is like, I, I sometimes like feel like I should have lived three different lives, you know, and you guys have such an exciting, enticing scene in San Francisco mm. uh, for listeners out there who want to get into baloney. Uh, how do they send you their audition videos 
and not be confused for like slip dick pics or <laughs> sliding into your DMs or anything like that. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. A, a dick pic can also get you the golden ticket onto baloney. But yes, uh, if people reach out to uh, like Rory K. Davis on Instagram, uh, that's a good way to say hello. And then the, the best way really is through my class. I teach Roryography outdoors now in Dolores Park on Mondays and Fridays. And mm. actually just this past week, this super cute kid came to the class and he was an amazing dancer and just seemed like a great energy. So I sort of have my eyes on him. He might be a baloney superstar within the next year or so. So it's good to just say hello, come to the class, say hi, show me your stuff. And then with baloney, we always say too, that the energy you bring, your sense of humor is just as important, if not more so than how you look, you know, like there's obviously guys on our show that aren't Chippendales. Let's be real. I, I'm not a Chippendale, but that camaraderie that we have backstage, is, it really is this sort of brotherhood that we have. It's just, it's so special. So well, there's a photo of you more. on your Instagram with Andrew Dombos and you're like, you're a mountain of a man. I mean, cause Andrew's I, pretty I'm big. A, yeah. I'm a big boy. I'm like six, three. And you know, like I, I sort six of, footer. I, yeah, he's, he's got an inch on me, I think, you know, but uh, my, my whole thing is now I, I work like a beast, but I also eat like hell. So I'm, I've got the full dad thing going, you know, so Maybe in a year I'll turn it around and I'll be on your other podcast, boys. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because uh, I like, feel like yours kind of crosses over on both sides now, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. the thing about it is, like, we're doing, you know, like let's grow big together. Not the juggernaut that Feast of Fun is, you know, mm -hmm. has seventeen years ahead of it, right. You know? But people are just super, super passionate about, and it, and I, you know, it taps into their sexual drive. Where this is mm -hmm. more about your soul, your creativity, your community, right. the the warm right, fuzzy right. stuff. You know, let's grow big together by oiling up, greasing, and you know, flexing and dirty stuff, and you know, uh, eating a lot, lifting steroids, sucking right. dicks, and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh my god, this is like you know, feast of fun after dark. <laughs> Yes, yes. Right. And so people Whereas like want to do the the let's grow big together. I'm like, no, you want to be on Feast of Fun because that's <laughs> right. where the main audience is. Right, right. We want to talk about punching holes, uh, glory holes in churches. People, come on. <laughs> I grew up Catholic, so this is a, a personal mission for me. Oh my God! Wait, how many? How many years? How many years of Catholic school? I went to Catholic grade school, high school, college, and I got my master's degree at Loyola. Whoa! So I have so. to ask then: if if you bump into an inanimate object, do you say sorry to it? I still do. No, do you? Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because the Catholic guilt. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, I've done some stuff to kind of like get rid of that Catholic guilt. <laughs> So good for things, you, but good for it, you. it is still, it, it lingers, you know, I was raised yes. by nuns. So it's like, the thing about it is too, it's like, part of me is just like, I'm a terrible liar, but in other senses, right. I'm a great liar. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Cause when you have to deal right. with nuns, you gotta have to figure out how to do it. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, I try not to lie. If I can, I, I'd like to be right. honest, but if I have to, I will. Right. Right. Yeah. Baloney has been very good about channeling some of that stuff and getting it out as well. Mm -hmm. So We've, we have a, we have a, a fairly well-known priest lap dance set to uh, Nirvana All Apologies that gets lots of reactions. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm noticing <laughs> on your Instagram, you guys did a tribute, a parody of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, but you had yes. Next Generation costumes on and certainly somebody yes. doing a Geordi there and, and Deanna Troy. Uh, Rest well, in peace, Michelle Nichols. Yeah, she just passed away yes, this week. Yes, yes. That's one of my favorite numbers ever. The theme of that is that 
we uh, the ship accidentally crashes into Folsom Street Fair, and then uh-huh. there's like puppies, uh, guys in puppy masks that we see, and we mistake them for like aliens, and it turns into this giant space battle set to uh, Radar Love. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> We're actually doing a sequel in this next show, and uh, Data will be there. We're going to have a Data in this next one. So any Trekkies out there, stay tuned. You know, Data is fully functional. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> we actually got into a big discussion about, about this, about making it authentic. There, there, there will be some Data action for, for people out there. Get ready. There's going to be white makeup all over us. Get ready. Yeah, because C3, C-3PO... You bang on his crotch and it's metal, you know? Right. But Data got a, you know, green boner (laughs) that he used. He's used it quite a few uh, Star Trek movies and episodes. He fucked the Borg Queen, you know? I mean, it's it's definitely a dream of mine. Like one of my first daddy crushes, of course, was Riker. And I get to play, I get to play Riker, which is a dream come true. But I do think with this next one, Data... Data is going to steal the show. Let's just put it that way. Do you, do you know how to do the Riker uh, sitting down in a chair? Oh, move? leg up, leg up and over. That's and then right. every time my it's funny enough, after that number every night, I have to like massage my face because my one eyebrow is sore from raising it for five minutes. And uh, yeah, and like the, the, the whole yanking down the shirt, we, we take it very seriously for sure. We know that there's diehard Trekkies out there watching every detail. Ooh. So we, we go hard. I would love that. You know, have you guys, cause you do like streaming events on Airbnb. Like, I mean, why, I guess it's too hot for Airbnb to do like a streaming baloney event. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, (laughs) I don't know how that would go down for for sure. So, and the whole thing too, is we've, uh, when the first show began, there, Mm -hmm. there are guys that work in tech, there's investment bankers and we told them, will ban phones. We won't allow phones to be out during this show. Oh, in the performance. And, and during the performance. So that culture really kept on going. And so we have official photographers and we film the numbers just to be able to make commercials and things like that. But it's very much like a keep your phone away, keep it out of sight sort of thing, just so that people really relax. And then there's there's always moments in the show too where we pull up audience members for the game shows and things like that. And just so that those people can really relax and let loose. And there's not five of their friends sitting there filming them because we ask uh, some people to do some crazy things up there. And usually I think because they know that there won't be a record of it, they go for it and they really let loose. You know, it never crossed my mind because I grew up in an age when we didn't have cell phones to record everything. And, you know, we would do all kinds of outrageous nude performances at clubs, uh, you know, but by today's standards, it's like you drop your pants Right. Everybody pulls out their cell phone. I mean, you see, you know, some of these nightclub acts, and it's like half of the audience is holding phones up and live streaming. Oh, absolutely, that yeah. absolutely, yeah. I mean, they, here's a little a pro tip for everybody out there. I, I had a friend who somehow, some way, he snagged tickets to go see Beyonce, however many years ago, and he had no idea, but he ended up being like front row, like his chin was on the stage, and he said Beyonce came over and interacted with him, and then he said like three, four minutes later, she came over and was like had her hands on his face and then she kept coming over to him and he realized he was the only person there that didn't have a phone out. So she kept coming over and just like being with him because he wasn't filming it. So, mm. you know, it's a, a little tip there. Just be, be in the moment. And the thing is too, my whole thought is if something, one of a, like if something once in a lifetime is happening, but the person next to you has their phone out, all right, it'll be on YouTube. So watch it there later, be here now. So we sort of apply that 
to the whole baloney thing. And, you know, some of these game shows, like I said, they're just so wild. Actually, if you guys ever come and we can do this game show again, there's one where we bring you up, we sit you in a chair, and then we reveal four baloney boys, and then we blindfold you. This was pre-COVID, mind you. We blindfold you, and then you get to make out with <gasps> these four guys, oh and then you guess <laughs> who was who. And for each one that you match up, you get a drink ticket. So like these guys, and people usually vomit it. Uh, they're terrible. I've already <laughs> done that challenge <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my <yeah>. own. <laughs> when we were, this is years yeah. ago, we were touring yeah. in Provincetown and it was like, oh, here's a good idea for a game. Yeah. And I played it. And one of the four guys was my husband and I got all four wrong. Oh, oh, you didn't even know your own husband's kisses? No, I had no idea. I was like, uh, I got all four of them wrong. And I was like, okay, this game is in. Let's do it. And it's like marriage therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't my, my brightest moment, but you know, but we've had people nail it and get all four. At this last show, also, there, we had a woman who was probably early 70s. This woman, Mary, was a riot, and she came up, and this game was reaching through glory holes to get a prize. And of course, we rigged it so that it was like one thing was uh, a bowl of pudding. So when she pulled her hand out, it looked like her hand was in shit. Oh. And she was cracking up. She thought it was a riot. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever like uh, bait and switched and had like a woman with a mustache kissing the guys? Oh, you know what? We we only played that kissing game once before the world started ending. But oh. you know, once once things go back, we we probably we probably you know what? I think that one time that we did play it, we had like a gunge demo right beforehand, and I dumped green slime all over somebody. <laughs> and we had we had that person come out, but it was the, the slime was delicious. But we had that person come out and kiss this poor person. So they ended up having like green slime on their face, you know, but it was actually I want to say it was like cake batter and green food coloring. It was delicious. Oh, my God. Your show sounds so wild. <laughs> it's it's uh, like monkey it pox, else. COVID, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> no. Well, funny enough, with yeah. this next one, we were like, we have to eat, we have to comment and move forward with that so it was like do those you know those giant body condoms from the naked gun those the yes, movie yes, yes, yes. where they yeah we were like do those exist because if they do like depending on what things look like at the end of september it was like should we try to hunt those down and have the go-go boys and those because there's very little contact with us actually there's very you know there, there's go-go boys and the game shows but we were like we have to like run with this somehow and like and and play off of it so we're, we're working on something yeah, I'm I'm googling it as you're right now, and I'm sure the listeners are. You could get like a latex cat suit for 169 dollars on eBay. But there uh, we go. But yeah, that those uh, giant condoms that they wore in um, the Naked Gun movies. I don't know if they're available commercially or not. Hmm. That would be uh, late days. Though. Yeah, I think that they were popular at that time. I wonder if they might be around somewhere. Like I'm googling yeah, any, just giant any latex condom. workers out there. Hit me up. Right. Uh, Rory, it's, it's a pleasure, uh, chatting with you. You know, it's like, um, good luck with everything. And, and, uh, I hope to see you again in person very soon. Yes. Yes. This was, this was awesome. Thank you both. You know, you get, now you got to go to peaches with, um, with their successful baloney show. And you think, you think you could do my show now peaches (laughs) (laughs) on a second thought. We don't need you. We're a little too yeah. old for that hoary look. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, oh, I want to be in baloney too. So you want to, do you want to watch a DVD of my documentary and do my nails sometime? Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> or the chips. And she just starts cutting off your fingertips. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I brought my yes. special uh, scissors, my special nail file. It's like a yeah. hedge Wait, clipper. That's a hedge clipper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my one, god, absolutely. Two, three. A one. Now you'll be even better at fisting. <laughs> fingers won't get in the way. Boy, all about evil uh, part two. Peaches yes. revenge. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, there we go. We're rich. Yeah, that's what the thing I was like, you know, like I loved all, all about evil. It was a great film, but I was like, where like I wanted to see like Martini and, and Heclina and like those characters sort of have their Get murdered. Well, their full motion yeah. picture moment, you know, like like right. the way we see Lady Bunny and Wigstock, for example, right? We get to know right. them and generations from now in the future will wonder like, who are these people like? And you know that, and that's part of the, like the magic of filmmaking. It's great that you guys were able to make that documentary. And you know, a hundred years from now we can see, be like, these are what these faggots were doing in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> are they crazy? And they're like, yeah, exactly. Sir, what, is it, what is that exactly? It's like Google it on Wikipedia. Absolutely. Yes. Be like, why are these gay guys covered in green slime making out with somebody? Oh, okay, great. Those times were so confusing. And why did they name it <laughs> monkey pox? Sounds like a Mario <laughs> brothers kind of character. Oh my God. Yes, yes. Some kids in Africa got it from a monkey at a zoo. No, they should have called it lady bunny pox. Well, she didn't have it. Did she? <laughs> <laughs> I think she, lady bunny said she's gone celibate. Well, that's from choice or necessity. I think COVID put the fear of God in her. <laughs> well, you know, because you know. she was very active before. You know, she There's was a lot using of guys several that like you condoms. Know, yeah, she. They like, um, you know, they, they like see, the freak. They see Lady Buddy on Craigslist, and they're like, "That's what I want." Well, you right. know, part of it is like with all these rude girls, like people are like so like you know, kind of at at odds about having transgender women on RuPaul's Drag Race, and Ooh. these days. All of them are trans women now. <laughs> it's like, right, right. You know, and, and so it's to me, it was always kind of a confusing thing because it's like, you know, some of these girls, they may not identify as female, but their sexual lives are feminine, their right. entertainment lives are feminine. They certainly obsess with the feminine. And it's like, they, you know, so like the lines of gender are being blurred more and more, or maybe not even blurring, but just being, you know, included. Right, right. Into our diet, yeah. you know? And so we're all and kind all, of drag. We're all kind of trans. And it all stemmed back to, like, the, that statement where it's like, you know, if we're born naked and the rest is drag, well, then, like, why are we calling these shots then? You know, like, yeah. if that's what you're putting out there, well, then, uh, like, pursue that. If we're born naked and the rest is drag, well, then that's what it is. So let's let people do this. Then nothing is real. It's <laughs> yeah. all an illusion. Yeah. You can right. murder is legal because it's not real. <laughs> I can pour this this gelatin on my body and kiss somebody and run naked through the streets. It's not real. And then I'm going to be a star. <laughs> okay, RuPaul, calm down. Just call right. Just like <laughs> well, Rory, it's so good talking to you. Uh, please, please uh, stay in touch and good luck with uh, all these shows that you have coming up. Yes, thank you both so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Rory. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Rory Davis lives in San Francisco, California. You can follow him on Instagram, Rory K. The K stands for Killer Moves Davis. Mm hmm. And, and you can see him yeah. featured in the documentary Baloney, which we talked about a few weeks ago with uh, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So it's fun to see the you can see some of the performances and get an idea of what they're all about. You know, Rory's just such a great guy and has such wonderful energy in taking these people who have so much passion, so much energy, but don't have necessarily training in dancing mm -hmm. and showing them that, you know, dance like everybody's watching. We're all, we all can move. Yeah. You just have to move with a little bit of grace and thrust it, thrust it, thrust, thrust it, it. No, to a PK turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, part of it is like, look, I, I'm a big believer in that. Everybody, all kids have talent and everybody's got a story to share. And if you have a song in your heart and passion, you deserve to be seen and recognized yeah. and celebrated. Yeah. For a short get period out, of time. Get out there and show the world what you got. I mean, Andy Warhol. Invite the world to see you. Andy Warhol said, you know, he'd be famous for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. not an hour. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> keep it short. Keep it sweet. That's what TikTok's for, right? Yeah. TikTok's like, what, three seconds or yeah. something like that? It's just terrible, you know? It's like, but hey, guys, remember, Feast of Fun is made possible because of fierce, fabulous people just like you. Go to feastoffun.com slash donate and make a one-time contribution or... Access our show ad-free, thousands of legendary podcasts at patreon.com slash feast of fun, or access our complete library of 17 years of podcasts with interviews with pretty much everybody at oh. feastoffun.com slash plus. There are over 3,000 podcasts are there waiting for you to hear Yeah. Them. So, yes, yes, queen. Come on, it. mama. Enjoy it. Dance. You can also uh, visit our store, feastofun.com slash store. Get yourself a hunty t-shirt. It's hot because Beyonce is singing about hunties, hunty. Hunty is back. Yes, hunty <laughs> is back. You know? Go to Hunty University and show them your diploma. Mm -hmm. It's this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, B a PhD piled high and deep in and, Hunty mm, University. And then some. Yes, and of course, uh, don't forget to follow our other podcast, Let's Grow Big Together, a podcast celebrating bodybuilding, muscle worship, and muscle gods, and our connection to the male body, the, the bodybuilding, the muscle. The muscle has a certain naive charm and lots of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>